And welcome, Hoosier fans, to another episode of Doing the Work, the first show on the Back Home Network dedicated to covering IU women's basketball. I'm your host, Kathy Amos, and I'm joined here today with my co-host, Jeff Marlowe. And today we are discussing your number two ranked Indiana Hoosiers win over the Michigan State Spartans in their first game of the 2023 Big Ten Tournament. They won that game 94 to 85. It takes our record for the women's team now to 27 and two overall for the season. But let's start our show the way we start every show, and that is with our Hoosier Proud Banner moment. And Jeff, for me, I'm going to go with um, actually towards the beginning of the fourth quarter, about 8.48 in, um, we had Sydney Parrish hit her first three of the game. She was definitely struggling with her shot, but that didn't really deter her from um, still taking good ones. And I thought she she played within rhythm today. I didn't think she was taking bad shots or pressing. And, and this was one that finally went down for her. It made it 58 to 62. And then she comes back down on the other end, grabs the defensive rebound, goes back, and Grace then finds her for yet another three, and that extended our league to 58 58 to 65 with 749 left in the go to go in the game. And I picked that for my banner moment because I re- thought it really highlighted the resiliency we've seen from this team really much all season, but especially it was on display today. And we'll definitely get into that first half and the first quarter in particular, but the team definitely didn't quit on themselves and Sydney didn't quit on herself. She was, you know, scoreless in that first half and she was really having a rough offensive game. But she came in and gave us a great spark at the beginning of that fourth quarter that I thought we really need. And that, to me, just kind of epitomizes our team and the resilience and the toughness that they have, both physically and, in this case, mentally, to be able to put up those shots when we need them. So for to me, that's our uh, banner moment from earlier today. And as always, our banner moment is sponsored by Homefield Apparel. Homefield is constantly releasing new schools or updating their products for schools in their existing lines. You're bound to find something for you or anyone in your life that loves great collegiate gear. In fact, I hear they're up over 120 different schools now. So hopefully there's something out there for someone um, in your family or yourself or anybody else in your life. And, and not only do you get quality apparel, but you also are supporting an Indiana-based business that has its roots in the Kelly School of Business. So go to homefieldapparel.com and use our promo code HOME, H-O-M-E, to get 15% off of your first order. Again, that promo code is HOME for 15% off. That website is homefieldapparel.com. Wear one for the team. All right. So next we're going to go to Coach's Corner. So, Jeff, um, what kind of best basketball expertise and initial thoughts about the game do you want to drop on us to start the show today? Well, I just thought that, again, we talk about this a little bit often through, and we haven't had to talk about much with this team throughout the season, Kathy, of, of playing winning when you don't have your best. But sometimes in tournament play like this, especially in a short tournament, like the like, like like the Big Ten tournament where you're having to play a few games in a few days. That first game, and Terry Morin talked about this after the game. She talked a little bit about it yesterday. It really is the most important game because obviously you can't advance if you don't win. And the old Jim, Jim Galvano mantra of just survive and advance is really all that matters. But it's the game, especially here, where you're the much higher seed and the other team, and we had the bye. And this sometimes, I'm not saying I want to play five games, but you just sometimes that bye isn't always everything it's cracked up to be. You end up sitting around for a day or two while the other teams are playing, and you end up, you know, being a little, you know, you're 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 a little uh, rusty. And the other team now, especially Michigan State, they're playing with house money. 
and they got a little confidence. They've won a game already, and then they're coming out and get hot, and you know, right off the bat against us. And so that you know that gives them even more confidence. So I, sometimes that first game, and that's where we used to talk about in the high schools. We would talk about with our team that upsets tend to happen in that first game on a Wednesday, on a Tuesday night, or the first game you have to play a Friday night, the first night you play. That that's the game you got to be careful of. So I'm hoping, as Coach Morin said afterwards, that this might be a game where you you learn from you. That the, and 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 Mackenzie Holmes said it afterwards as well. It's not acceptable. You can't play this way as you move through the tournament. So, but it's that first game that usually tends to be the one that kind of trips you up. So I would I think we'll see the normal Indiana Hoosiers come tomorrow and hopefully on Sunday. Yeah, I, I agree with that. In fact, um, uh, this <laughs> it, it was coming off of a, a very emotional loss too, right, in Iowa City. So you went a whole week with that loss kind of just lingering, I'm sure, even though they have the 24 hours and flush it rule. I'm sure, you know, they're human and it was lingering, right? And especially, you know, like I know Chloe Moore McNeil was especially super upset after, after that loss in Iowa City. So you have a loss and then you have an entire, almost an entire week um, really until you play again. And so I, I definitely showed, I thought in that first quarter in particular. So, um, I, I thought that was uh, very astute. And, you know, the other thing back to the, just kind of the resiliency of this team, I think our other two times that we had been at, behind at halftime were the other two losses we had this year, right. Or the two losses we've had the first game against Michigan state and the other one against Iowa. Um, I believe that's what the broadcasters said. And I don't remember us really trailing at halftime in any other game. So this is definitely something the team I think has learned from some of their other ones. Hopefully they've learned this now, especially going into the, the tournament here, the Mar the NCAA tournament in two weeks so that they know they can't come out flat that first game because no matter who you're playing, you never know who's going to rise up to that occasion and, and come and um, really come after you. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I'm not trying to catch you. I just said, but that first, that, that gets a little, be a little different. And that was one of the things I was thinking about afterwards. When you play that, it will be a high enough seed that we'll be at home. That home crowd right. sometimes can carry you. Through there. You're good, playing in a crowd. Yeah, you're playing in Minneapolis today. And it didn't look like, other than some Indiana fans were there, it did not look like a great crowd. Um, right. And and so there wasn't much energy. And anybody who was there that wasn't an Indiana fan is rooting for Michigan State, not just the Michigan right. State fans. Always the other underdog. Fans, the other fans are rooting yeah. for the underdog. They want and they're turning on the team at the top, you know, especially once we got down. It's like, oh, this could get interesting. So from that standpoint, I, I agree with you about the resiliency. I really do. Um, the other thing though that I can point out here is that it, it, it sometimes it's coach speak, but Terry Moore had been quoted earlier in the week here yesterday or the day before that they've been their practices coming into the to this were off the chart. So the, to have them come out and basically lay a big egg in the first quarter, Terry called them out. She and, and even in the huddle, I believe, is at the second quarter media timeout. And she's like, We've given them life, and you're in you're in for the fight of your lives. And that's really what yeah. it ended up being. But 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 kudos to a veteran mature group that was able to find a way to get some stops and get once they got ahead, they never really fell behind again. Once they finally got it out to about a four or five point lead, they traded some baskets there for a while in the third quarter. But they, once they got ahead four or five points, they kind of was able to maintain that, even though and we'll talk a little bit about this in a later segment. The last minute and a half was not something they were going to put on, you know, in in the in an art in an art museum as a thing of beauty. <laughs> right, that's not going into be beautiful basketball hall of fame uh, show for sure. <laughs> 
So Jeff, this might be actually a good place to go ahead and segue into what's as as expected. And um, I'll, I'll just kind of keep the theme you were talking about, which is the, the resiliency and what we've already mentioned. And this is something I think we've seen from this team all year is the resiliency, the maturity. You know, they were very businesslike. You could tell um, it, it was interesting. You know, I didn't get to come on the, the postgame show with the Iowa game um, because I was there in person. But being there in person, I got to for the first time see them. Uh, just visibly, they were more businesslike than Iowa was, right? Their preparation during warm-up, their warm-ups uh, in between at halftime. Um, to me, they just looked very businesslike. And, um, you know, they're able to be emotional, but not overly emotional. And I think we saw that again today. Like Grace, you know, wasn't um, in terms of some of her offensive production. She had some turnovers, not her best game. And you could tell she was getting frustrated, but she still played under control, I thought, for the most part. So those are the themes to me I think we've come to expect from this team. Again, resiliency and the maturity level of, of being able to be in some of these tough situations. Not necessarily tough environments, as you mentioned with the crowd, but tough situations. But what other as-expected things did you see this morning um, afternoon? Well, I thought the fact that it, once they finally got going from about the second quarter on, the first quarter just wasn't very good. But no. the, once they got going in the second quarter, they they shared the basketball and they set each other up the way we expect. They ended up with 22 assists on 26 made baskets. So, you know, yeah. it wasn't always – there were some nice passes. There were some really nice – especially, I believe, in the fourth quarter, a couple of nice drives and a little dump-off pass for a layup. But they just they they feed each other and they get it to the right spot and and that's the a lot of times where they get their assists. It's not so much creation off the dribble or anything. It's more of this the fact that they know how to get the ball to their teammate in the proper spot and that and we've seen that all year long and and obviously McKenzie benefited from that a lot. But I also thought others did as well. And you mentioned you know Grace Berger she struggled she had four turnovers but she had four assists and. Mm -hmm. and she again, another one there that you know you kind of talk about um Sydney Parrish in the banner moment that one pass out to Sydney for the second three. Sydney didn't have to adjust, she didn't have to yeah. take a step, she didn't have to reach for the pass. It was right in the shooting pocket where all Sydney had to do was catch and shoot. Yeah, and, and you know, along uh that lines along with Sydney as well. She I, I felt like she wasn't pressing, and, and in fact, actually, you know, she had her first three, um, but you know, it's, I think it was soon after that, or maybe it was before that. Um, I'm trying to find my notes, but at one point, uh, Sarah had a wide open three or Sid, excuse me, Sydney had a wide open three and she passed it up to dribble it in just a little bit and get it to Matt down to Mac for a lot more efficient two point shot and below. Um, you know, she had been missing all of her threes. And I think that was again, a good mature non-selfish way of, of playing basketball that we saw from Sydney. I'm trying to find when that was, I think that was before she had scored. So I, I, again, I just thought that was a good example of the team realizing the situation, understanding what they had going for them and what they didn't in this case, and really, you know, going to their advantage. Uh, yeah. What other ex expectations were met for you today? Well, I, again, once we saw the, once they got ahead, I thought, you know, again, I don't want to say too much about her at this point, because I think we're going to talk quite a bit about her in the later segment, but, but, you know, just another, again, from an ex expectation standpoint, just another very solid game from Chloe Moore McNeil, kind of the unsung hero of this team. And mm -hmm. on a day when they really needed it, when you look yeah. at the first half, when Garzon and Berger and Parrish combined for three points on one of Tim's shooting, Chloe Moore McNeil stepped up and you look yeah. at even, you know, they finally, you know, they caught a little fire, you know, whereas in the second half, 
they finished with, um, I'm trying to do the math real quick, 26 points. So they tw- the three of them combined for 23 points in the mm-hmm. second half. But Clay Moore McNeil was pretty, bu- pretty big in the first half. Yeah. Um, the other thing, again, it, it, I think it's still along the same theme of, of expectations or excuse me, of resiliency. But the thing that was nice to see, too, is, the, again, the team kind of settling into a flow. And you could see that from an offense perspective. You know, they had only 14 points in the first quarter, which was their lowest quarter in terms of offensive output all year, then 20, 25 and 35. So they went from the first half of only scoring 34 to finishing the second half with 60 points and really extending that lead and ended up with well over their their average. Now, a lot of that was the fouling and the free throws at the end of the game. But even before that, you know, they were still on pace to score around 80 points, I think, in that game. So um, again, just a nice theme from the team to adjust and to take the coaching at, at halftime in particular and during the timeouts coaches to make some adjustments and to continue, you know, um, pounding home that, that message of, we need to stop the the ball. We need to be on defense. So, um, I think that was, that was something else that I we've come to expect from the team. Yeah. Are there I expectations? Have, yeah, yeah. I just follow up with that. And that's that, that idea of the adjustments. They talked a little bit about that. They got in at halftime and they were able to make some adjustments, kind of get reset because the first half they looked lost defensively for one of the yeah. few times all year. They really looked lost defensively. There were times we had two people running out at one at the at the shooter, leaving another person wide open. Easy pass. You know, for a little bit, my thought run through my head was somewhere along the line. All of a sudden, we're trying to play slot nail rim and, and giving up wide open threes instead of the D we've come to be used to with the IU <laughs> right. women. So, but I thought they again, and as far as what you're talking about, an expectation we've come to expect, Coach Morn, Coach Weirsma. And and them um, to make you know good adjustments at halftime, and we saw that again yeah. today. It wasn't perfect. They still had some things. They they still got some things they need to tighten up, even with a good second half. But it was a whole lot better than the first quarter, and still to a certain degree the first half. That I want to talk about in the next segment. All right. Well, perfect segue, Jeff. Let's go ahead and jump on into surprises. And um, what is that surprise that you have for us? <laughs> <laughs> well, it just how long it took them for them to kind of get locked in. And, and we were texting this, and I was texting with another friend group as well, that the end of the first half was was summed up entirely the way the first half played out, that we weren't focused, right. we weren't ready. We just, we were, it's almost like we hadn't got off the plane yet in Minneapolis, even though we'd been there for a day. I can't remember another time this year where we failed to get a shot at the end of a half or a quarter where we just – because we were unaware. One thing, if there was only a couple seconds left and we just got caught trying to, you know, we didn't have much time to make a play anyway. Right. But they had several seconds to get the ball yep. in a position, make a play, and none of them acted like they knew how much time was on the clock. And, and or let alone, you know, the, well, the shot clock really wasn't in play there, but they had no idea of how yep. much time in was clock. on the clock yep. to get a shot. You're down 40 or 34. You got to get a shot there. And nobody seemed to have any urgency. And I guess that's the word I kind of kept back, coming back to. And my friend group on the other group, friend group, we we're chatting or texting that just another surprise is the lack of urgency that they seem to play with in the first half. Yeah, I agree. And just uh, for those that are listening, if you don't remember right at the end of that first half, what happened is we had an inbounds play. I think it went to Grace. Grace tried to get into the lane for a pull-up. She couldn't quite get there and get open, so she passed it out to Sydney. And Sydney, instead of taking the shot with about two seconds left, she instead she started dribbling in and ended up not getting the shot off until well after the, the buzzer had gone off. And yes, I think I texted you and Ari and said, I, I think that just kind of symbolized that entire first half, like lack of focus 
urgency, Jeff, is a great, great word for that because, you know, they were down. I think they were at least 11 points at one half, right? That was 12. the largest leave. 12 they got up to. So, yeah. And, you know, finally, I think um, when Keandra Brown went out with her injury, they came back from that and went on that that spurt. They went on, I think, a 7-0 run right after that. That seemed to finally spark them to get going, and that was well into the second quarter. But um, it just never seemed to stick. I think the whole game, and you know, you mentioned it as well. We'd have these really great runs, and we're able to get the lead into that second half. But we, I don't think we really sustained great basketball for any significant portion of the game, and that was a little surprising to me. That you know, we didn't come in and handle business. But um, so that was one surprise. I was thinking. I thought even though we had quite a bit of time off, I didn't expect us to be this quite rusty for the whole game. Like I thought by the end of the the game, we'd be knocking it off. So maybe we jump to that last last minute and let's talk about maybe that last quarter of play, um, especially the last couple of minutes. But what what are your thoughts on on that? The clock <laughs> is your friend. The right. clock is your friend. That was always what I used to tell my kids. And I understand there was a couple fouls there that were called in that se- segment. The one on Chloe on the three-point shot was a phantom call. But you can't be in position to even be getting a foul there. And in my opinion, and um, I know the it was on Yarden, stopped. but yeah. Yes, Yarden. That's right. It was a Yarden. Yeah. I'm sorry, Yarden, not Chloe. But yeah, it was Yarden. And, 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 you know, even if they hit the shot, the clock runs. Don't let them right. shoot, score while the clock stops. And I know that in, in the college game, the clock's going to stop as well on a made bucket. But there's going to be those couple seconds, that little, the, that half a second here, half a second there. Don't put them at the line where they can get even closer while the clock's totally stopped. They got to right. they make them score while the clock's running. And and we, you know, even Sydney at the end, you know, we the game was in hand, but Sydney picks up a foul in the last what 20 seconds, 25, yep. 15 seconds. To, you know, just let it go. I understand we're trying to play good D. I understand we don't want to get bad habits, but you can't you can't have you can't get a foul there and, and stop the clock. And and I was just, I was about ready to pull my hair out. I was just like, oh, you know, because just, again, I know the one on Yarden. I know, the, I think it was the one on, um, there was another one on somebody on a drive. It was kind of a little bit of a, like, really questionable. But don't yeah. get yourself in a position where they can call the foul. And, and right. But, again, that was about as bad a minute, minute and a half of a game with a lead that we've seen them play. So a little bit surprising. Um, I also, before I come back to you on that, but I think the other, the other surprise I want to get to, and I don't think we've ever said this on the show, Grace really was not solid today. Right. Grace made several mistakes, not, not just the four turnovers, but she made some just decision-making mistakes. And we, you know, like almost like she was pressing and I don't, and yeah. if she was, I don't know why, but you know, it just, it was not the typical Grace Berger game. Now she made a few plays down the stretch. She hit a couple shots. She did end up with, um, six rebounds, but you know, it's a couple of her passes that she tried to throw ahead just weren't even close. And I think that, you know, we were just really surprised by how loose she was with the ball today. I would imagine we will see a much better Grace Berger tomorrow. I do too. Um, and just the two as a note about that last, actually just the minute in 24 seconds, they allowed Michigan state to go on a 10 to two run. You know, at that point I thought we really had the game within hand. And then all of a sudden here comes Michigan state. And we just really, nothing by I thought is some outstanding play for Michigan state to your point. We put ourselves in a position that we shouldn't be doing that letting the referee even have any kind of um, impact on the game. Um, that, that late in the game, when you have, I think we had an eight or 10 point lead, I think with a minute left and um, 
they cut it wait we might even be double digits and they really cut it down and it was making me making me a little sweat tomorrow so or today so um also i see just to address that we mentioned counter brown going out with an injury uh terry morin i think in her press game has said that you know, just for background too keandra has had two hip surgeries already it looks like she's re-injured that hip she's off-site right now being evaluated so unfortunately i'm guessing keandra probably won't be playing for us again the rest of this season so um it's really unfortunate for 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 keandra so that i saw a few people asking about that so yeah. just to clarify that um yeah, i would so, i would take that same way yeah and um kind of along that line we haven't seen keandra until today um and we saw a lot of Alyssa Geary today. Lily played, Lily Meister played in the first half. She never got in in the second half. So those were an, just a theme I'm going down with kind of surprising, surprising new system of our bench. Part of it was foul trouble. But Jeff, what are your kind of thoughts on to why we didn't go back to Lily Meister in that second half? She came in and the game didn't really seem to be coming to her, but were there other reasons you think that we didn't utilize her in the second half? I thought she struggled. I, I really did. I, Lily came in, I think, in the first half in three minutes of play, she picked up two fouls. And yeah. and I thought she just – that was one game where, she, again, give her a year where she gets a little more time in the weight room, gets a little stronger. Those those bigs with Michigan State were not good matchups for her. They weren't yeah. great matchups for Alyssa Geary either, but I think Alyssa Geary was a little more battle-tested having played at Providence against some of that to get us through. Um, but I think also Terry Morin had in her head – and rightfully so. I, I'm not. I'm not saying this as a, as a knock. I think she came into the game with the idea that she was going to try and get some people in, knowing you have to play three times in three days, especially if you're going to have to see Iowa or Maryland on Sunday in a game that you imagine is going to take everybody at their you know at their best. I think she wanted to try and get some 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 uh, uh, some time for some of the players off the bench. You know, keep everybody a little more rested than maybe we do normally, especially if thinking maybe today would be a game where they could do that to give you an example of this Kathy I get your opinion on this is there was a point there when that when Michigan State went on that run in the first quarter we had mm -hmm. three starters on the bench now I don't remember too many times this year where Terry Moore in, early in a game has put three starters right. on the bench and you know so I thought that mm -hmm. was a little you know I thought not surprising like wow but it was just you know that was one of those things I think that came along with what we're talking about that she was hoping to maybe get some people I think she wanted to get some of those bench kids five, seven, eight minutes today. And then that way she'd be able to play her starters 29, 30, 31. It just didn't work out that way. Yeah, I, I agree. I, and I was actually surprised by how much our bench played early in this game. Um, you know, I understand, you know, once we had some players getting into foul trouble, but they were even coming in before that. Um, so kind of along that lines, Part of the reason I think they played maybe more than I was expecting as well in terms of minutes played was the foul trouble. And I thought, you know, so we ended up with five people, excuse me, two people with five fouls with Yarden and McKenzie both fouling out and Sydney Parrish with four. Um, we've seen this from Yarden before in terms of fouling. Sydney seems to be a little foul prone. We don't see that. And Alyssa Geary, I'm sorry, I missed her. She had four as well. Um, and Alyssa got her four in like, seven minutes of play. So it, we just seemed really foul happy today. And, you know, we can quibble about referees, this or that. I, a lot of them didn't seem really egregious calls to me, but I was surprised that McKenzie actually fouling out when she did. She ended up only playing 28 minutes today. So I, I was a little surprised because again, she just can't, you know, defensive player of the year for the big 10. And that's not something we've seen her this year. Um, but what are your kind of thoughts on McKenzie's defensive um, work today? 
I think defensively she wasn't too bad. She got two fouls on the offensive end. She got, you know, she picked up two fouls on, you know, either a moving screen or two, or, or two chart. One was a charge. I know I can't remember if the other mm-hmm. one was too, but she picked up two of those fouls on the offensive end. That's what really kind of got her in mm-hmm. trouble in terms of the foul trouble. No pun intended. Yeah. She just, but those her first two fouls were on the offensive end. I, I would have been a little happier if she would have got them on the defensive end. I just, you know, I got to be a little. You can't can't get yourself in a spot where you're picking up offensive fouls in the first, you know, that first quarter, first little quarter and a half where it's putting you to the bench. And so then I thought Coach Morin was just trying to get in five minutes as best she could. She played a little offense, defense at times. You'd see Matt come in for a possession or two. Then she'd go out for two or three possessions and stuff. So, but uh, you just don't see that from McKenzie Verrill. But I thought, again, it was a tough matchup between Parks and Alexander, especially. And um, um, I'm forgetting the other forward. Um, uh the is it is it Osmond that was the maybe they list her as a guard but the, or no what, uh, 40 out a roll that was the other one I think yeah. had a little more size to her you know those were not easy matchups I mean those are big not not trying to say any offensive just they were big yeah. solid kids that you know that you had to bang with and and McKenzie you know was really about the only one really we had that could do it that's why I thought Gary seven minutes really were important yeah um I do too uh so Let's continue on with maybe a little bit with the defensive theme. Um, I, I actually at our, our defense, I thought after Iowa, you know, Iowa was an amazing offensive prolific team, but you know, Michigan state on average is around 78 points per game. And we let them score 85 well of their. And typically we see defensive focus, especially in the first half. But um, what are your overall thoughts on the defense today? Were you surprised at how, you know, kind of off they seemed? Or are you not surprised because of the time off in between the games? I don't buy the time off as much as that. I mean, they were, you know, I understand it's maybe a little more than you normally get. But they played Sunday. They were going to get Monday off from the floor anyway, they normally do. So you practice Tuesday, Wednesday. They probably practiced a little bit Thursday before they flew out. Um but I just think they, they they just look lost and they didn't have focus today. They, for one reason or another, and you get things like this. And luckily, like we were talking about my other chat group, better today than the first, you know, first, second round the NCAA tournament right. or the or the Sweet 16. So get yeah. it out of your system. Get back to focus. Uh, I think the other thing that, uh, that it's not surprising, Kathy, but it's kind of more just of what we've seen from this group. And, and I'm talking also going back the last couple of years. Good athletic quick guards give us issues or athletic wings give us issues. Yeah. And Michigan State got hot. For, I think the I want to say I'll bet their philosophy coming in was to let Michigan State shoot the ball to begin with. Now they got way too easy openings where they were comfortable. Yeah. You, you and I were talking about that, you know, with Ari in our chat in our in our text. But once they started hot, then they decided they had to go out and run them off the line, which I, that's the only thing you could have done. You had to go out yeah. and run them off the line, but then it exposed us to um, them driving on us, yeah. Daniel and Hageman driving us to the rim, and we really suffered it. That's where they got most of their points in the second half because second half yep. we, we defend the line really well. But I get your thoughts. What do you think about the defense? Yeah, it was the same way in the first half. We just couldn't seem to get closed out on shooters. They were I, I thought Michigan's and a credit again to Michigan State. You just because you get a shot doesn't mean you're going to knock it down. But I didn't think a lot of their three pointers were were really contested, and they ended up getting 15 and making eight of those three pointers. Clearly, that was an emphasis at halftime because they come out in the second half running them off the three point line. They only allow three made. Um, three pointers in that second half for Michigan state, but yeah, McDaniels to your point, you know, she had 
um, 15 at halftime and ended up with over double that of um, 32 points. So, um, and I didn't even write down how much Hageman had, but she had 18, which is double what her season averages. She only averages nine points, but they really seem to be getting, make, having their will with us in terms of driving on our, our, our guards and our wings and just kind of getting down low and just, you know, causing us issues down there. And I think that might be part of the problem with some of our fouls that we had too, you know, is just trying to stop them as well. I mean, Hageman in particular, I mean, what does she end up with? Um, 13 of 14 free throw shooting, you know, so clearly we were having trouble stopping her without fouling her. Yeah, that, that, you're right about that. That's where some of your fouls came. Plus, we did give up 14 offensive rebounds, which is where some of our other fouling issues came because a lot of our fouls here came on drives or on second chance or third chance opportunities for Michigan State. Yeah. So, yeah, I think just overall, whatever reason, Michigan State's just a tough matchup for us. Yeah. <laughs> um, obviously, they handed us our, you know, one of two losses this year. And boy, it was it was a little nerve wracking going into that fourth quarter for sure. So um, any that, other surprises, I'll, though? Yeah. Just about Michigan State, though, Kat, I, last time we played them in the Big Ten tournament, we got beat on Friday. We were like the number two seed in the tournament and Michigan State beat us. And so, you know, the yeah. last time we played in the Big Ten tournament. So this is not a team. I think I texted you guys this, and maybe it was my other group I was texting with. It's just not a team we want to see in the Big Ten tournament. Mm -mm. Is They've always kind of been – even, you know, was it the one year a few years ago when Tyra Buss was still playing, I think, well, we went four overtimes with them in Indianapolis in a Big Ten tournament game before final five? winning. So, was that the five? Or maybe five. Had, four or five. five. Yeah. So – so, awesome. Yeah, Any so. other surprises, Jeff, that you want to talk about, or do you want to jump inside the numbers? No, let's jump inside the numbers, Kathy. Okay, let's do it. And so just a different game update for those of you who are curious. Um, Michigan and Ohio State are playing right now, and Michigan is down 74 to 76 with a minute 39 to go in the, in the game. So we play the winner of that game. So we'll give an update. Um, it'll probably be over here probably before Jeff and I are finished, but Jeff, why don't you go ahead and start us off with our game? Um, what team stat do you want to start off with today? I, I'm going to go to the second half shooting numbers. We shot 55% for the second half. We were 57%, eight of 14 in the second half from three finished up. So, and, and then also we were, um, 20 of 23 at the free throw line in the second half, 87%. So just though something clicked for, on that end of the floor. Michigan State was yeah. hot at that end of the floor in the first half. In the second half, we got hot. So, but yeah, uh, that's the first number. Better. I, yeah, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. <laughs> that's the first number I'm gonna point out. All right, cool. Um, I'm going to go actually to the turnover number. So we started off with six six turnovers, I think, in the first quarter alone. Um, and ended up with 15 turnovers for the game. So, you know, at least we slowed the pace down from the six that we started off with the, the first quarter. But, you know, uh, you know, nine uh, turnovers in the first half itself and then 15 total for the game. I think we got a little lucky on that because um, – Michigan State only turned them into 14 points. You compare that on the flip side, Michigan State had 13 turnovers and we turned that into 21 points. So even though they had more or less turnovers than us, we turned that into more points. So at least it would turn out to be a positive, but 15 turnovers for this team, um, I think is just too many. Um, although we saw this from Michigan State last time, they, I think we ended up with like 21 turnovers the first time we played them when they beat us. So it just, again, is something with that matchup with Michigan State. So that was one thing I was really watching for today. So it was better than our first matchup, but 15, I thought was a little um, too high uh, that I would hope can, can come down in the next game. What other number do you want to talk through? 
Sorry, I was muted. But I want to go okay, back. Okay, I thought maybe it was my connection. Start over. No, I want to go back to the rebounding numbers. We we finally yes. got back to even. We were really getting pounded early. Now we still gave up way too many offensive rebounds. Fourteen yeah. offensive rebounds that Michigan State had for the game. But overall, we got it back to a minus two. We only got out rebounded by two, 40 to thirty-eight. And if you look, kind of some good balance here. Grace led us with six, and then we had five apiece from Yarden, Chloe and McKenzie and Sarah. So a lot of uh, the ones who were getting once when they got on the glass, when they got on the glass, everybody was contributing. Yeah, I, I that was definitely something, especially the offensive rebounding for Michigan State. They were just killing us. They ended up with 14 offensive rebounds and turned that into 15 second chance points, definitely outscoring our seven. They over doubled up our second chance points. So uh, it just seemed again, it was that first quarter, you know, if we just look at the first quarter, we had six turnovers, um, 12 to nine, we got out rebounded. Michigan state had five offensive rebounds of those 12. Um, it led into five second chance points alone. And we only shot 29%. So that, that first quarter in particular, again, I already mentioned the 14 points was our lowest output for a quarter all season. Um, it, and it wasn't just the output on the offensive end. I was pretty disappointed with allowing 24 points in that quarter as well. And the turnovers, and it just was really a rough quarter. Um, but on the positive, we turned that around to your point, you know, starting off 29% shooting and ended up with 48%. So clearly we we corrected some things. Um, what other numbers from a team perspective sticks out to you? Well, to tell you how good our second half was, Kathy, in the first half, I want to say we were right around 0.91 points per yep. possession. And we finished the game at 1.221. So we had to be somewhere around one and a half points per possession, 1.4, 1.5 points per possession in the second half. And, and, and that's always to, you know, that, you know, that's just a huge number. I mean, to think about that, you're scoring that kind of on possession by possession. Uh, and again, a lot of it because we made free throws and, you know, and, and Chloe, especially, mm -hmm. but you know, when you're making free throws, that number is going to look a little better because that's a, you know, you know, you're scoring while the clock stopped and it, and you're, you're, that's adding to a, you know, you're getting points for every possession there. So, but I thought that was a huge, you know, that number and, and, and Michigan state was scored at 1.076. And so we got a little better holding them down in the second half, but I just thought that second half, you know, the points per possession was a huge number. Yeah, I do too. Um, and one that really that helped us jump up to that was the three point shooting for the team. You know, at um, halftime, we were four of eight. So right at 50 percent. But we really ratcheted it up and ended up with 12 of 22 shooting. So we made an additional eight three pointers in that second half. And, it you know, it was a contributing from all over the place. We had four different um, shooters scoring three pointers for us between Yarden, Chloe, Sydney and Sarah's um Scalia. So, um, and you know, it ended up at 55% three point shooting percentage, which I'll take that any day of the week <laughs> and Sunday to boot. So I just thought that our three point shooting showed up for us today. And I thought that was a really big, helpful moment for us in addition to the free throw shooting. And we'll, um, update, and we'll update the fans here a little bit. Michigan yeah. has got it to within two and, and Ohio state turned it over. So Michigan's taking a time out here. So um, the other number I'll kind of go back to is uh, again, the free throw shooting. We were 30 of 36 for the game. Chloe, uh, McKenzie was 11 for 14 and Chloe was 10 for 12, but Sarah was eight for eight. So in yeah. a game where you desperately needed every point, they made sure that, they, that the free throw line, they didn't leave anything there. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Jeff, let's switch over and transition to um, some individual play. So who do you want to talk about first? Um, 
Actually, I'm going to kind of leave my individuals for when we get to the game ball and the hustle awards. But I will point okay. out that Sarah, I do want to point, I will say this about Sarah Scalia. I mentioned yeah. eight for eight. She was four for eight from the field, four for six on threes. And I thought maybe this was a game maybe where we could have seen Sarah a little more, especially in the second half, because I felt like, or excuse me, in the first half, because I felt like she'd hit her first shot. And I thought well, maybe that's what we needed was somebody who would be out there with a little bit of no conscience. Sometimes you need a player like Sarah Scalia who's going to come out there and be like, I'm open, I'm shooting it. I thought there were times today, especially that first half, they almost were looking to pass just because I don't want to shoot it. And now maybe I'm, I'm sure I'm overestimating that, but it yeah. just, you had that sense that nobody really was kind of like, mm, I, I just, I don't have confidence in my shot right now. That's not going to be a problem with Sarah. She's going to let it fly. Yep. Um, updates. Um, Ohio State held on and won 81 to 79. So tomorrow we will um, be playing, <clears throat> excuse me, Ohio State. So we'll talk about them a little bit more here later in the show. Um, I, I did want to talk a little bit about Yarden Garzon. So she ended up with 12 points on four of 10 shooting, including three of seven from three point land. She hit her, made her only free throw she had. She had five rebounds, um, two assists. And as mentioned, she fouled out. Only one turnover for her. Um, I thought Yarden had a nice game today. I, I didn't think she was really pressing a whole lot. Um, she had, you know, <laughs> that last foul was definitely a phantom foul. You see it on the replay. But outside of that, um, her fouling is something I still think she needs to work on. But overall, I was I was pretty pleased with Yarden's play for her first Big Ten tournament um, game. But what are your thoughts on Yarden and how she she fared today? thought second half was way better than the first half, and it helped that she hit a the couple whole shots. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, true, but I thought that Yarden, you know, she was she was the only one who scored out of those three we mentioned of Berger and Parrish in the first half. But it wasn't like she, you know, again, she only hit one shot. So, but I thought it was big for her to get a couple threes to go down there in the second half um, early because I thought that, you know, that at least felt like we got the lid off the basket. I thought the team played a little more free after she got that first one to go down. And I think everybody else kind of fed off of that. Okay, finally, we're going to hit some shots here. But, yeah, I thought second half, the yard played really well. And again, you pointed out the five rebounds, the two assists to go with it. Yeah, um, for sure. Um, the other, we touched a little bit on Sydney's play today. I, overall, I, you know, it wasn't there for her offensively today. Um, a few too many fouls again, but overall, I thought she was okay, especially in the second half. I thought she really came out and she was aggressive still. She was not. I still don't think she was pressing. She took seven shots total, and none of those really seemed like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe you took that shot. But overall, I thought Sydney's play was fine today. Um, just it wasn't going down for her. No, I, I, totally, yeah. I agree. She had a rough day, but she made a couple shots. And that's the way, again, this back to the resiliency, not of just the team, but of the individual players. Yeah, for sure. Any other stats, either team or individual, and um, anything else for on the Michigan State side that you want to cover too that maybe we haven't pointed out? I think we've talked about most of them, but um, no, it's not it's not a Michigan State podcast. <laughs> no, no, I didn't mean it in a positive way. I meant in terms of our play. Um, but clearly, um, we mentioned McDaniel and Hageman already well, giving us some fits, but and a, then Joiner, but well, otherwise, flip side. No. yeah, flip side there, we held them to thirty four percent shooting in the second half, twenty three percent from three. I mean, that was that you know. We, yeah, the defense had to get locked in. And they, even though the first half they only we only allowed them to shoot 41%, it seemed way worse because they were making 53% of their three. So, but I don't really have no, I don't really have too much about talking about Michigan State or on uh, their individuals as well. Okay. Well, let's transition then into our, our award ceremonies. <laughs> All 
All right. So this is our segment that we'll switch over to Game Ball and then into Hoosier Hustle. But first for Game Ball, if you are watching on YouTube, you can see the this, this scrolling ticker at the bottom. And I'll just read it off here. So in terms of for the regular season, McKenzie Holmes won our Game Ball 15 times, Grace Berger 5, Cindy Parrish 3, Garzon 3, Sarah 1, and Chloe Moore McNeil 1. So those are our Game Ball counts for the year so far. Um, but Jeff, since you know, I'll let you, who would you like to vote for for your game ball today? I, I actually did have some questions about this in my head a little bit because I really I went kind of back and forth a little bit, but I'm yeah. going to have to go. I'm going to have to go with Mackenzie Holmes here. The 27 points and the fact, especially in the first half when this team was struggling, Mac was at least able to put us on her back a little bit and keep us in contact with Michigan State to get us to halftime because we were talking about in the in our text group. We were lucky to only be down six at the half. We did not play that well. And, yes, we made a nice run after Keandra's injury, but we really even then didn't play. You know, we just, we got it to within, like, I think it was 34-31, and then they ran out six in a row before we scored the yeah. last three. So we were kind of lucky to only be down six, but the reason we were was because Mack had played so well in the first half. So, again, just a typical kind of McKenzie Holmes performance, 27 points, 8 of 13 shooting, 11 of 14 at the line. Only five rebounds. I say only because we're used to Mac getting almost a double-double every game. Uh, unfortunately, she did foul out. That was the one thing that held her back. She only played 28 minutes, which could be a good thing as we go into the weekend. Um, but she also had two blocks, two steals. So I, I'm going to go with McKenzie Holmes. All right. Um, so I, I I bet we were probably debating between the same two players. Um, was Chloe Moore McNeil the other person you were thinking about? Yeah. Yep. So uh, um and, and Chloe, you know, I want to highlight her here as well. You know, she ended up with 19 points. She was clutch, I thought, down the down the road, especially with 10 of 12 shooting from the line. You know, the they we clearly were getting the ball into her trying to break that press. And they were fouling her immediately to try to extend the game. And you know, she walked up there, she was calm, cool, collected, but she ended up with the double-double, but not with rebounds. And she ended up with the double-double with 19 points and 11 assists. And to me, I thought that was just really amazing. You know, she had 11 points in the first half, I think, alone, or seven points in the first half. And then she just really extended that. She had some great threes going three for three. So I actually ended up with Chloe for my game ball because I thought she had just that steady hand for us that entire game. And she really just came. She had some some defensive pressure as well. And she just did things in a quiet manner. And I thought she had the more complete game today. Um, Mackenzie, I probably would have voted for her too, except for her. I just thought, you know, some of the decisions she made with fouling both offensively and defensively. So we'll see here. I see some folks in our chat are kind of voting as looks well. Like, so we have. Looks like Chloe for the game ball then, because there's more a few more votes for Chloe in the workaholics than there is for, for, for yep. Mackenzie. Yeah, I think so. So that will give Chloe her second game ball for this year. Um that will then take us into our Hoosier Hustle Awards. So in terms of Hoosier Hustle Awards so far this year, we have had, um, let's see, Chloe Moore McNeil, or excuse me, Sydney Parrish leading us there with eight, and Chloe Moore McNeil right behind her with seven and a half, and then Grace Berger with four and a half, and then um, after that we have, I think, Two and a half for Lily Meister, two for Bargasser, one each for Alyssa Geary, Garzon, Caitlin Peterson, Sarah, Scal and then Sarah Scalia has a half of a game ball because we we couldn't even with the chat mob break a tie on that one. So Jeff, who do you have for your Hoosier Hustle? 
Well, I, I'm going to go with Chloe here because that was, I, you know, I, I already went with McKenzie on them, but I guess since yeah. we gave Chloe the game ball, I shouldn't go with her here. Um, I'm, I'm going to go with Sarah Scalia then. And Sarah Scalia comes in off the bench, 20 points, five rebounds and assists, eight of eight at the free throw line, four of six from three. And I thought, like I said earlier, I thought she gave us a really big list. So I'm going to go with Sarah Scalia. Yeah, we'll make this one easy and unanimous then, Jeff. I had Sarah written down for my Hoosier Hustle Award, too. I, I was actually, you know, she seemed like she had really gotten her shot off in that first half. And I was a little surprised we didn't see her a little bit more. But, you know, four of six from three-point land and that eight of eight from free throw land, again, was just clutch, I thought. So I thought she would, did a really nice job. Um, a couple misses on defense. But, again, <laughs> I think we had that from a number of folks on our team. But overall, I thought Sarah played a really nice game from her from for us. So, I mean, she was actually second in scoring with 20 points and it was almost like a quiet 20 points. If you can say that about anyone, but yeah, I will definitely um, second that <laughs> with you. Um, so that takes Sarah now to one and a half game or Hoosier hustle awards. So um, Jeff, we might have a few questions now to, to talk about what lingering questions do you have? I think you're on mute again. Yeah, I try to stay on mute because our puppies are running around the house today with the being, you know, this time of day. Um, the um, I, I hate to call it a lingering question, but you you do have a little bit, just a teeny little concern about that first quarter performance today. That it, is that something? Is there something there that's carrying up? They didn't play that way at Iowa. You were there. They they just they just didn't win the game. They played pretty well. They didn't have that kind of quarter, and we haven't really seen that. We were talking with Ari in our group text that. We all were agreement. That was the worst quarter of any quarter we've seen from them this year, and let alone a first quarter. So, but I, 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 again, I think you're nitpicking. I, we've said this enough times too with this with this part of the show that when you're 27 and two, are there you know are there a whole lot of lingering questions? But I think you do have the, you want to know until you see them do it, you're going to kind of be like, hmm, hopefully they'll play better to start the game than they did today. And I, that's to me, I hate to call it a lingering question, but I think we also want to see, um, we know Keandra Brown, I shouldn't say no, but we suspect Keandra Brown is going to be out for the, at least the rest of the tournament. Um, what's our depth going, what's our, some of our depth going to be like? Cause I think, you know, again, maybe today was just a bad matchup for Lily cause we've seen her play better, but we're going to need Lily Meister and Alyssa Gary to give us some solid minutes because we, you know, we are going to see some post players that, you know, Ohio State won't have a really great post player per se, but, you know, if we play Maryland or, or Iowa, we're going to need, you know, those two kids to come in off the bench and play well. Yeah, I agree. Um, the other lingering question I have, and I don't think it's a really major concern, but we did see Mac kind of icing her knee and, 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 it was her injured knee that she had last year. And so that is just a little bit in the back of my mind. You know, we got a, a rough stretch in terms of a lot of games back to back coming up here. Um, hopefully three in a row, right? And hopefully tomorrow. And then again on Sunday, is she going to be okay with that knee? And will it kind of stand through there? And, you know, then once you get the Big Ten tournament played, then, you know, hopefully she can get some treatment. So it's not a big, again, to your point, not a whole lot of lingering questions with the team that's only lost two games this year. But in terms of, just injury. I did notice that with McKenzie and, you know, as noted by the commentator, she didn't run back to the locker room with the team. She actually stayed out and iced her knee and then finally went um, and, and warmed up with them. So is that, that's a bit of a lingering concern to, to hopefully it doesn't tighten up overnight. So um, just a small, small one for me. Any, any other ones for you? Well, I, I will point out, Kathy, in case you didn't see it, Ari pointed out in the, in the chat with the workaholics that, it didn't seem like Mac was limping in and out of the press conference. So maybe right. it was just one of those that, 
I wouldn't be surprised if it felt a little tender. You know, if, if she banged knees, which is kind of what we're suspecting, or banged a knee on the floor, it may feel a little tender and 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 such. But you know, especially with the knee that she hurt, that you know, that I'm sure we all had that attitude. But according to Ari, she didn't seem to have much of a a limp or anything when she came in and out of the press room, the press room after the game. So hopefully that's a good sign. Yeah, absolutely. Any other lingering questions that you have though? No, just I, mean, I just can't wait till we play tomorrow. I know it, right? Well, let's talk about tomorrow then. So what's next for us tomorrow? Um, as mentioned, Ohio State did beat Michigan today. So we will be playing Ohio State tomorrow. That game time is at 2.30 Eastern or 1.30 Central time. It will be again on regular Big Ten Network. So just to kind of recap what we did with Ohio State earlier this year. So we played them twice. We beat both of them at home. So, or excuse me, in both of those matches at home, what was on January 26th, we won that game 78 to 65. In terms of scoring, we had four players in double figures with 26 from McKenzie and 20 from Yarden. When we went to Columbus, we beat them 83 to 59. Again, at that point, though, just for um, those who might not know, Ohio State at that point was missing quite a few of their starters. I think they've gotten some of them back. Do you know if J.C. Sheldon is for sure playing tomorrow? I haven't heard officially. J.C. Sheldon played today. So she did play today. Okay. She played today. Now, that'll be that's one back. I don't know about the big girl. I didn't get to see enough of the game to know if the big girl, the the the, the Russian girl, the Eastern yes. European girl, I don't know if she played today or not. She missed the last game that we played against them in Columbus. She came back after that game. So I know she was back for some of their regular season ending games. So, um, But back to that game in Columbus. Again, we were led by Mac um, with 33 points, and then we had another 24 points this time from Sarah in that game. Um, so, Jeff, what are your overall thoughts on going into this Ohio State game tomorrow? It's a matchup that really, I think, favors uh, favor. It's a good matchup for us, and I think helps us and favors us a little bit. Uh, the the uh, the freshman, I can't think of her name right now. For um, yeah, Cody McMahon. McMahon, that's it. McMahon. I wanted yep. to say McWilliams, and that was that was. I think you know, not. I knew that wasn't right. So McMahon is going to give some issues. She she's athletic. She's she's got good body control. But they really, even when the when the big girl plays, they don't really have a good matchup for Mac. I think we'll see a heavy dose of Mackenzie Holmes tomorrow. I think we'll see a much better game from Grace Berger and and Sydney Parrish as well. Um, the only thing obviously concerns about high stage, you know, they're going to try and press you the biggest chunk of the game and they're yep. capable of turning you over if you allow it. But that game in Columbus, especially we took good care of the ball and we carved it up and got a lot of layups out of it. And that's why I think, you know, that plays into our hands a little bit. If we're, if we're taking care of the ball, the way we're normally going to do. Um, but they're a four seed. They've lost to us twice. So you know darn yep. well that Kevin McGuff is going to spend the next day or so that, that he has talking about this is our chance. And, you know, especially I think Ohio State may be one of those that uh, could be on that bubble line of, of being able to host, you know, as uh, a, a four seed um, with that. So, you know, they're looking at it as an opportunity to kind of solidify a chance to be able to host their first and you know, second round games in Columbus if they can beat us. And, and let's face it, in this team, we've talked a little bit about it as well, and they've reacted pretty well to it all year. When you're at the top, when you're the number two team in the country and you win the Big Ten, you get to the Big Ten tournament, you're the hunted. All right. We spent a lot of time in this program in the last few years being the hunter. And now we're the hunted and we're going to get their best game or at least their best game plan tomorrow. Yeah, absolutely. So um, 
let's say I'm just looking at the box score from this Michigan game today. So in terms of scoring Cody McMahon, the freshman, she just won big 10 press freshman of the year, rightfully. So she led their team in scoring with 28 points on 10 of 16 shooting. And then you have um, theory who put in another 20 on eight of 11 shooting. And then t- um, Tyler Max- Mike sell with um, 16 points. So um, JC Sheldon did play. It looks like she came in um, perhaps off the bench as did yeah. Michael Solaka. Yeah. I'm so sorry. That is awful. I know that's wrong. So both of those two players are playing again, but they came in off the bench. Yeah. And the one thing with JC is they may still be trying to limit her minutes a little bit. They may, she may still be on a little bit of load management coming off that from what I was able to find online. Cause for a long time throughout the year, Ohio state's uh, Ohio state classified as the classic lower leg injury. But from where we're here, what I could find online, I think she may, she was kind of having kind of the same injury X had broken foot, that she's being able to come back from. So I wonder if they're on, you know, there's some load management there. They'd rather have her for the NCAA tournament than they would the Big Ten tournament. So I don't think we'll see 25, 30 minutes from JC Sheldon tomorrow. And that's, again, JC Sheldon's an all Big Ten player before she was hurt, you know. Um, yeah. Yeah. So and that, that's she only played six games this year, right? So, uh, uh, you know, something like that. Yeah, I think that's what they said. Okay, Joe, I'm going to, in the chat, he he spelled it out for me Muka Lai Koba. <laughs> so hopefully I got that better. So my apologies again to her. So she, I think she's a good player too. So we'll see how she fares tomorrow against us. But yeah, I, I, I like this matchup better. I think they're a lot less physical. So I'm hoping to see less fouling from our team. Um, right. It, it then comes down to, to me, I think Ohio state has that press and it's multiple types of presses that they run in different types of defenses. And they really tend to force teams into turnovers. Um, but interesting, they only forced Michigan into nine today. So can we, you know, kind of replicate some of that, that we we had earlier in the year and not turn the ball over like we did today because 15 turnovers, I think tomorrow is really going to cause us some problems. So Ohio state is probably a little bit more, high quality team in terms of scoring. And I think it could really lead to a lot more points off of turnovers tomorrow. If we have that again, any other concerns or things you want to make sure we're watching for tomorrow? Those are to me, the the ones defense um, again, being on point and um, limiting our turnovers against their, their press and different defenses. Got a rebound. This is a team we should not really get out rebounded a ton by. I could see us getting out rebound by one, maybe two, but they're going to, their guards do a pretty good job of getting on the glass, especially on the offensive end. When you shoot, they tend to shoot a lot of threes, especially from Mike Sell and the others. Now McMahon will be one who will get inside the lane, drive a little more, but she'll shoot the three too. Um, if you go back and look at her stats today, she was two for three from beyond the arc. Um, they shot only 15 beyond the arc today, but they have shot more throughout the year. And so, but their guards rebound, especially from the mm-hmm. high, t- from the top or the backs, the, the weak side, depending upon where the shot's coming from. So you got, everybody has to rebound them all. Yeah. Cody McMahon today had 12 of their 32 rebounds. So, um, although they did get out rebounded by Michigan, but 32, 36. So yes, um, rebounding turnovers, and then hopefully our defense ratchet, ratchets back up. Um, anything else to, to talk about for today's game or for the preview of Ohio state game tomorrow? Nope. I'm good. Me too. Okay. So just a a wrap up with some programming notes here. So Jeff is keeping us updated about Hoosier alumni in the community as well as on Twitter. Please just for doing the work. Spaces. 
check out how. I'm not sure if they are still running their, their free trial right now. I think it's still going on. So give that a shot and um, hopefully you'll come join us over there if you haven't already. In terms of assembly call, they will be on Sunday after the Michigan game and after the senior speeches. So just know if you're looking for assembly call, it will not be on immediately following the post the game. It will be after senior speeches. That men's game tips at 4.30 Eastern, 3.30 Central. Also part of our back home network is Crimson Cast. So if you don't subscribe to them, we would highly recommend checking them out. They obviously have Galen and Scott that are over there, but Amanda Foster also covers women's basketball there as well. Hey, did you talk about we'll be on tomorrow after the game? And Jeff will be on tomorrow after the game. <laughs> I think Amanda is joining you tomorrow, right? Yes. Yeah, let's want to make sure we will be on right after the game tomorrow. And then on Sunday, we're going to really be, if they get to Sunday, which we hope they do, um, going to be kind of, uh, you just got to pay attention to the things on YouTube and their feeds because we're really trying to work this out with assembly call because if both teams are playing on Sunday, the timing is going to be, you know, right around. I think the IU men play around 430 Eastern and the women start yeah. at 4 Eastern. So, That's um, right. so five, it's going to be five Eastern for the women, five Eastern for the women, 430 for the men. So the men start, yeah, so, I believe, so, a half an hour earlier. So the timing is going to be really interesting, but we are planning on doing a show tomorrow and Sunday as long as the women are playing. So we'll be yeah. here. Yes. Although um, Jeff will be flying solo or with a special guest on Sunday as well, because if they do make it, um, for those of you who don't know me personally, I live in Des Moines, which is just a few hours south of Minneapolis. My husband and I are going to go up to that game on Sunday to support them if they are playing. So um, that is kind of our upcoming notes. So Jeff, um, should we go ahead and transition to our last segment here? All right, Jeff, that takes us into last call. So what do you want to wrap us up with on um, today on this lovely Friday afternoon? I, I already said it once. I'm just going to go with the Jim Valbama. You survive and you advance. That's all that matters at this point. The old Tony Hinkleism for those of us who are old enough to remember Tony Hinkle in Indiana. You just got to win by one point. There are no points. There is nothing about how many points you win by. It's just a matter of when. You survive and you advance. And we did that. It wasn't pretty. It wasn't a great first quarter. It was not a very, it was a horrible first quarter. It was not a very good first half, but you survive and you advance and you live to play another day. And we'll do it tomorrow against Michigan. And I'm looking forward to that game as well. And just want to see, and just enjoy watching this group play, but just right now survive and advance and win in advance. That's all that matters. Yep, absolutely. We've gotten to March. So I would, again, any day of the week, I'm playing a bass or watching a basketball game. I'd much rather them win ugly than lose pretty any, any time, especially when we get to March. And that's what today kind of felt like. It wasn't the prettiest games, especially that first half in the first quarter in particular, but they found a way to win. And that's what's important, right? Um, you know, they ended up winning 85 to 94 and they came when, when it was clutch. They had some really nice runs. They, didn't always sustain that good play, but that didn't matter. They did what we needed them to do. And um, now we'll see if that old um, rumor slash theory about can't, it's really difficult to beat a team three times in a year is true. Although I thought I read a stat or heard a stat that that's actually statistically not true, that if you beat a team twice, you're more statistically um, likely to beat them a third time. So I'm hoping that um, that statistic is, is true and it's on our side tomorrow and i'm excited to see to see what we put up against ohio state again so um 
I think that'll wrap us up for today. And if you do want to see us do the show live or be part of the live chat, like a lot of you are here today. So thanks for joining us on a Friday afternoon. Make sure you subscribe to us on YouTube. You can find us at youtube.com slash assembly call. Again, uh, just to mention that private community, love to have you join us there for all kinds of fun conversations. You can find that at assemblycall.com slash community. A huge thanks to John Ringer of Riggs Design for designing our logo. A big thank you to Bob Thompson for the new music you've been hearing throughout the broadcast. And most of all, thank you for all of those listening. We'll be back again to talk hoops with you tomorrow. But until then, keep your elbow in, your eyes on the rim, and let's go Hoosiers. Bye, everybody. Awesome. All right. Well, so much for us keeping that short. <laughs> no <laughs> doubt. I just looked at the clock. It's like an hour. What the heck? But it, I will say this. I When I was trying to host it with Jared the other day and, and Zion and, and trying to do all this, I was like, ah, this is where, you know, I was like, oh, this is where I like it when you and I are here. It's like, I, you know, the one person can control. Yeah, I just forgot to put up a couple things. I didn't get the ticker up on one. I was like, okay, yep. <laughs> we just got, we're just going to do the best we can. So I was trying to read the run sheet. I was trying to direct the traffic and, 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 and produce. So, but I just want to thank all the workaholics as well for being there. And hopefully you guys will all enjoy the show and enjoy the listen and help keep spreading the word. You guys yeah. are our best. You guys are our best advertisement. Spread the word to your friends. So Quang, you said we didn't talk about the physicality. We didn't specifically. We talked about the fouling that we had. And I did sort of kind of talk about it offhandedly. I just said Ohio State would be less physical. So I kind of I also talked said about it some, in the opposite way. <laughs> I also said they had some big solid girls. You know, yes. so, so, you know, parts yeah, and parts especially was laying some, you know, there was one there, they called her for an offensive, you know, moving screen and it may have been a little bit, but I, and he, and she hit grace pretty solid with it. And I was like, how about we call out a screen? Right. <laughs> I mean, maybe we were, yeah. but you know, just it's, you, those are things you didn't normally see, but they were physical. And then, and I think yeah. they kind of felt like they could bully us a little bit and, and i do and, too and so. i said that in our text with me me you and ari i'm like i just feel like we're really getting beat up today yeah. um so I, I don't think we'll see quite as much of that hopefully tomorrow because otherwise it's going to be a long weekend hopefully long weekends either way <laughs> so yeah i'm not one that thinks they need a bunch of rest it's not like the NCAA tournament starts next week the NCAA tournament right. doesn't start for two weeks so they're going to have rest win yep. these two games and go into the tournament on a, on a roll. And I think today helped. We were having this discussion a little bit in the text that, you you know, or I was with my t friend, but my other friend group that we were texting, you know, they got, well, who cares if you lose today, you're still going to be a one seed. Yeah, maybe. Uh, I'm not no. sure I, I I buy that. And he definitely don't stay not as the lost today. I would be hard. No. Well, depending on what did, the other people around us do. Right. Right. So. And even if you did, you probably dropped down to the four. You might yep. have dropped down to the number four seed. You know, you want to try the number four overall seed. You want to try and stay away from South Carolina. Right now, it's set up for them if they can play to where the chalk is that they would be in that championship game with South Carolina. And that's what you want. You, you want to try and avoid two. I, I, you can't avoid two, but you know what I'm saying. You're trying to avoid the yes. best team for as long as you can. So right, yeah, yeah. It'll be interesting um, what kind of matchups we get. So those of you again following along, um, I think or the Big Ten tournament, just an update. So obviously we play Ohio State later this evening. Um, Iowa and Purdue will play. And then- hey, um, hey, Speaking of which, we've asked the people in the workaholic who we should root for tonight. Should it be I know, Iowa that's or Purdue? Tough, isn't it? <laughs> 
for those who are still here, can maybe we they root can tell for us. them? Like, can we root for them all to fall out and Wisconsin gets to come again Back instead? In. <laughs> yeah, well, like they can't finish the game; they're all disqualified. Um, and then later on tonight, I think we have Illinois and Maryland playing, and that game I yes. believe is at 9 p.m. East or Central Time, right? Or, well, tony, tony no, I'm sorry, 25 our... minutes after the Iowa um, Purdue game. So the Iowa Purdue game tips at 6:30 Eastern, 5:30 Central, and then half an hour basically after that. So Tony yep. Stuck, you said definitely go Boilers. Yeah. Gosh, I I don't know in my. I just don't know if I can do that. I know in my many, many years of living, I've never rooted for for Purdue. But honestly, I'm kind of on Tony's side right now. Like, yeah. you but know, let's face it. You know, it, it'd be nice, but we're still going to probably end up with Maryland. Even they both in, have even, disgusting colors, so right. But I'm just saying, I mean, beating Maryland or beating and getting Iowa out of the way would definitely be helpful. But Maryland's been so hot down there, and and I want I hate to sound like I, 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 you know, I don't want to have I'm going to do my told you so moment. I said, watch out that they could yep, get hot we and play well down the stretch. We, we so. have been talking about that for a while. So interesting with that. I know we're way over, so um, but we're technically done with the show. This is our own after hours. Um, they said on the broadcast, at least I think Autumn Johnson said uh, she thinks Maryland has played themselves into one of the one seeds. What are your thoughts on them? Do you think they're there think yet? They're I feel like they need there. to win again. I, think I don't they think they're there either. I think they have to get to – if, now, if they got to the Big Ten final and played us in the Big Ten final or whoever – somebody say they got to the Big Ten final, I could see them because Stanford and Utah both kind of scuffle. I shouldn't say scuffle, but Utah lost yesterday in the Pac-12 tournament. Okay. And, and so – you know, yep, so in Stanford, yeah, and I'm not sure LSU strength. I'm not sure they're going to allow us. I shouldn't say allow. I don't think they're going to bump LSU up unless LSU can win the SEC tournament because LSU's strength of schedule is just so poor, you know, that I don't yeah. think they can get that one line. They are. And that's what's interesting because what did they end up playing? Two ranked teams all year, one with South Carolina, who they lost to, and the other team, I'm not even sure if they're Tennessee, ranked. Probably. <sighs> yeah, that might be. And is Tennessee ranked again now? They were when they played them like a week or so ago. I'm pretty. I'm almost okay. certain. Bill, they played someone early on that was like 23 at the time, and I think they dropped off, and I can't remember yeah, who that yeah. was. So, so now they've only had two teams that are still ranked, so three total. I just don't understand the love for LSU in terms of even in conversations for one seed. I just think that strength of schedule is just interesting to me. <laughs> but lacking. with the Big Ten, being, the Big Ten being so solid, I could see Maryland playing their way at least into the excuse me into yeah. the discussion. Yeah, I mean, in you know, worst case for us, if the Maryland ends up winning the whole tournament, Big Ten tournament, I think they definitely have a have to be in the conversation for one seed the way they've been playing down the stretch here. But um, any other overarching thoughts around basketball going on right now? And um, hopefully, you know, we'll get the the bracket and we'll maybe we'll do a show or something in between or yeah. a, maybe a yeah, virtual. Yeah, happy I, was hour thinking, I was thinking about that. We ought to do like a show like right after the bracket reveal. Like, you know, yeah. like that, I believe like that's a, a Monday night. I think it's a maybe, and Ari might be able they to correct They moved it to Sunday here. last year because they? they did okay. the men's, they did the mon, men's bracket, and then immediately followed up with women because yeah. they did selection Sunday for both back to back. Okay, so we may have to coordinate that with with assembly call a little bit, but maybe do a black a bracket reveal and or you know yeah. bracket reveal type show and you kind of chalk it out a little bit what we think. Yeah, that'd be good. That sounds fun. So, yeah. I'm in it. So, all right. Well, I think I, I hear my dog starting to bark now too. So that's probably a sign that we should uh, go take care of, of our, of our fur babies. So, all right, Jeff, have fun tomorrow and yep. everybody in the chat, um, go Hoosiers. See you guys.